This episode of the Texas Beer Experience Podcast is brought to you by Galveston Island Brewing. Visit Galveston Island Brewing at their taproom on Galveston Island or online at www.galvestonislandbrewing.com. Grab yourself a cold beer and get ready to enjoy the official beer podcast of the state of Texas. Welcome to the Texas Beer Experience Podcast, dedicated to all the great things about Texas craft beer. And I am your host, Leo Longoria. Hey everybody, it's Leo with Texas Beer Experience. We're back at the Cove Tour of Tuesdays, $4 Tuesday beers every Tuesday. We also have Steak Night every Tuesday night here at the Cove delicious steak they also do salmon and today they have a like a hatch hatch pepper was it a pork steak something like that like a pork chop with with hatch peppers and it looked amazing i wish i hadn't eaten before i came here because i probably would have had one of those but anyway at the cove tuesday nights four dollars steak night salmon pork come and get you some so we're joined today for episode 19 by our friend john John Ferguson is co-founder of New Magnolia Brewing, which is located right here in Houston, Texas, over there off of Bevis Street. Is, did I say that right? Bevis or Beavis? Or? Yes, it's either way. I've yeah. heard it pronounced both ways, Bevis and Beavis. And I think Beavis has an A in it, and this one is no A. It's there B-E-V. is no A. There okay. is no A. It's B-E-V-I-S, yeah. And so it's on Bevis Street. It's in the Heights. Mm-hmm. Located between 17th and 16th Street, right, uh, just uh, east of um, Durham, uh, about two blocks east of Durham. That's right, two blocks east of Durham. Great location. We've been there. It's a great spot. They have, yeah, just an amazing, amazing location. Uh, the first time we went, it was raining, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and we were so grateful that everything was like kind of indoors um, when we showed up. So that was a lot of fun. But their beers are some of the best in Houston. And you guys have been around for how long now? About It'll be two years in November. Two years in November, mm-hmm. so fairly new. Fairly new. And you guys have kind of hit the ground running. We've tried. <laughs> I mean, I'm, when, when I say that, I mean, like, usually it takes some new breweries a little bit of time to kind of get their feet under them and to figure out how their systems work and to make, you know, good, solid beers. But John and his team at New Magnolia have, like I said, just hit the ground running and just making amazing, award-winning beers well, thank you. in a short amount of time. Um, this first beer that we're that we we're drinking today, and we've already been drinking it, is their light lager, which you can find in stores and on draft around town. It's amazing, just really a really light-bodied beer. It's, I mean, when you look at it, you can see right through it which is what, kind of what you want for this style. Comes in at 4%, but the thing that I notice about it is that it has great flavor. Like when you drink a light beer, a lot of times it's like, man, this is like drinking water, but not this beer. This beer has something to it. Can you tell us a little bit about that, John? Well, it's, um, <clears throat> it's a Pilsner base with corn adjunct uh, that we've added into this, mm-hmm. okay? And we just are very, um, We're very careful in the way we brew this. It is a lager, so we, um, you know, we try to get as much 
of the uh, fermentable sugars as we can. So we, as we ferment this, we ferment it to the driest level we can. Uh, but we're, you know, at about a 4%. Uh, and it's just, um, you know, the body is, is, is good, I think, because of the quality of the Pilsner malt that we use uh, that goes in this. So quality of the, of the malt is sometimes uh, undervalued. I think by some brewers. I think you're right. Yes. And yeah. and we have, uh, you know, we we like to pay it, pay close attention to the malt that we're using. We're using a, a German Pilsner uh, for this. Okay. So, well, the the attention to detail definitely stands out in this beer. And this is a crusher. I mean, this mm. is yeah perfect for the summer. And you know, it gets really hot here in Houston. And I I, I asked John off here if, if there's a way I could get a keg of this. <laughs> And yeah, he said yeah. it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Swing down and swing down. We'll, we'll set you up, Leo. All right. All right. This is, this is going to be my next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't had a keg in my keyser for a little bit. So All right. This will be the one that will go in there after every time I mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll probably drink half a keg. It's a great, yeah. uh, it's a great summer uh, crusher, oh, as you say. For yeah. sure. Daily drinker, 4%. Yep. And, and like we said before, you can find this all around town. Mm-hmm. In stores, HEB, Kroger, Whole Foods, Specs, Total Wine, uh, and on draft. And on draft, yeah. Any place on draft uh, of note that you guys are on right now? Oh, gee whiz. Uh, I, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't keep up with all of those details. Uh, my son in law, Shane Robinson, is the, uh, uh, manages the tap room and distribution sales side okay. of the business. And I manage the uh, production and brewing operation side of the business. Gotcha. So I, I'm aware that we have a number of accounts that we have, uh, you know, that we're on draft in a lot of different places. We've got cans in a lot of different places. But to ask me specifically, nah, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I can tell you. My apologies for putting you on the spot, <laughs> no worries. No and, worries. and honestly, like, really the easiest way to do this is go to Untapped. Untapped yeah. will tell you yeah. a good spot to find this beer yeah. on draft. Go yeah. go there or go to their tap room and drink some. It's amazing. Yeah. So we're going to do another beer. Lynn, can you hand me that uh, the Hella? Oh, yeah. So Hella Pils <laughs> is a West Coast-style Pilsner uh, that's hopped with a Zaka and Citra. And we've actually had this beer here at the Cove a few times, and it's, it's really delicious. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... West Coast Pilsner isn't exactly a style. Uh, you won't find it in the BJCP uh, style guide. Um, we call it that because it is a it is our Pilsner that we decided we were going to hop, uh, do a, a wet hop edition with uh, uh, with a, a, a standard California. I think we're using. I think we use Azaka. Uh, on this, yeah. and then uh, we added what citra, Azaka and citra, yeah, in yes. uh, as a dry hop on this, and so it gives it kind of that West Coast hoppiness, but it still is a, a base pilsner, so we call it a West Coast pilsner. And the look on this is almost exactly the same as as the light lager, yeah. mm-hmm. just perfect golden straw color. And a really nice head on yeah, it too. Yeah, we uh, we do not use adjuncts in this. Okay. Uh, okay, it's just a straight pilsner uh, malt on this, and I think we have a little dextrin or uh, that uh, 
supports the head uh, okay. on that. So this is also outstanding because this I know we did we Thank failed you. to mention this on the light logger, but um, and you said that the light logger has won has won a medal in the World Beer Cup. Uh, no, not the World Beer Cup. The well, gotta be careful with the sounds <laughs> on the. We're back to back no, week the, for our guests. The Heinz Light Lager won a bronze medal in the U.S. Beer Open competition. U.S. Which, beer Open, okay. Yeah, which uh, usually occurs about the same time, maybe a week or two or three, different from the uh, GABF. Okay. Okay. Now, so GABF, I think they're going to have their award ceremony on September 10, I believe. And, I so. and I think that um, U.S. Open, U.S. Beer Open, has theirs either the week before or the week after. And I can't remember now the date okay. when they're going to do that. But those are two separate competitions. And um, so we won, we got a, a, a bronze medal uh, for the Heights Light Lager in the U.S. Beer Open. And then we took a bronze medal in the GABF for a historical beer that we call Father Bernard's Grudziski. And let me tell you, that Grudziski is amazing. We So that time that we, Lynn and I went when it was raining, I think that was your favorite beer that night. It was. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge it's fan my- of smoked beers, but <laughs> when they're done well, yeah. 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 I, was, uh, I was up at uh, the uh, Texas Craft Brewers Guild uh, Education and Safety Summit up in Denton, Texas, here just a few weeks ago, and uh, there were several of us that were on a panel talking about loggers, and uh, somehow somebody asked me about the the Grzyski, yeah. and I said, "Look, I will tell you, smoked beers don't really sell well." And in fact, I think uh, one of the guys from Live Oak was there also, and, mm-hmm. and he said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, smoked beers." don't really sell all that well and i said i agree with that the thing is i love this beer and so i make this beer for me yes yes. (laughs) if anybody else wants some i'm happy to sell them some but i make it for me and so we had a small batch that we did and i think i drank half of it myself (laughs) because i love that grudziski so and you you mentioned live oak and so like i I just said you know i'm not a huge fan of smoked beers uh, the only ones that I really enjoy are from Live Oak. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, their their Grodzitski's really good. They have one that's called uh, Lichtenheiner that's just amazing. I, I almost feel like it's like you're drinking a, a fatty piece of brisket. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people describe it as a ham sandwich also. <laughs> oh, a ham sandwich? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, uh, but I... Uh, in fact, Live Oak's Grodzitski is phenomenal. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's really... Uh, I think that's where I had my first Grzyski that was other than the one that I was making. And I was very, very suitably impressed with the work that they, those guys do. Yeah, those guys, and they know what they're doing over there. They sure. do, and, they're, yeah. and I've, I've heard that they are modifying their recipe a bit to kind of tweak it a little bit more to even become more authentic so okay hats off to those guys so So what would make it more authentic well they have actually uh, I think they have gone back to uh, 
to work with some Polish maltsters oh. who are actually smoking Polish-grown wheat. So they're really trying to get back to the original, authentic uh, version of that. Um, for us, you know, I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of reach um, financially to do what those guys are doing, right. okay? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we have been using German smoked wheat uh, that is um, a very light, very delicately smoked wheat. And if you, and if you brew correctly, you can make it a, 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 a really nice beer. But you guys that. have done that. And we have done that, yeah. yeah. What I think that Live Oak is doing is I think they're really reaching to achieve some sort of, of uh, Grzegiewski perfection is what I think they're trying to do. So, so. Well, I mean, heads, my head's off to Chip and those guys over there. They, I mean, the Hefeweizen alone, which I think is probably the best I've ever had. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. They, they do they're, a good they're job. perfectionists. They yeah. definitely are perfectionists. So looking forward to trying their new Grzegiewski. Uh, well, well see, yeah, we'll when they get yeah. it out. They, I think they I think they only brew like once a year. Yeah, I think so, too. That Grzegiewski. So yeah, you gotta, and I think you, gotta, you can <laughs> only get it in cans at the brewery, and then select markets get drafted. Yeah. Where I found it was at Total Wine. Oh, they had cans of it at yes, Total Wine, really? they had really? cans of it at Total Wine. Huh. So. Oh, no, now, this is it? about a year, a year and a half ago. Okay. So I don't know. I haven't seen it lately, but... Okay. So we went last year, you know... We did beer to go, and they had a smoked Schwarz beer. Ooh. I still have a can of it mm. in my in my fridge. I don't know if it's it, good it, anymore. It's been it's been over six months, but well, it it it'll probably still be good. I wouldn't look. I would never be afraid to open it. No. So, well, I, I mentioned wanna, that because you want to bring it down. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to bring it so I can share right. it with you, John. Do that. Yeah, Do yeah. That. I will. I will definitely do. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk off air uh, to set up a date for that for sure. So we've enjoyed these two great beers, High Slight Lager, and then this Hella Pills, this uh, West Coast style Pilsner, which really that's not that's not a real thing. <laughs> but you guys have done something really good here with this uh, dry hopped Pilsner with the Zaka and Citra and this. The aroma, mm -hmm. the really nice hot flavors really shine in this We beer. have, thank you, thank you. We have also done something similar with an Italian pills, all right, that we have done. It's called Enyo pills. And I wish yes. I had brought some with me today. Well, so we were actually supposed to have it on draft tonight at the Cove, <laughs> uh, and it didn't happen. And, 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 and I know we've mentioned this beer before on the show. We love in your pills. Oh, thank you. We thank love you. it. And and I was unfamiliar with the style mm -hmm. the first time we had it. So I had to look it up and essentially it's it's a German pills that's been dry hopped. Exactly. Right? Exactly right. And and so now I've had other Italian pills sure. from other There's local breweries. But Enio is my favorite. Well thank you. Yes. That's very kind of you to say that. I uh uh, I know that there are several other brewers that are doing Italian pills, and I think it's really uh, becoming a thing now uh, mm -hmm. where we're seeing more people uh, wanting, wanting that beer. And it's, it's also a very delightful, refreshing kind of beer. Uh, I don't know if you know the background of the name for that. No, Inyo. and I wanted to ask you about that, so sure. thanks for bringing it up. Sure. The Inyo, 
uh, can label, if you look at it, it will be uh, very reminiscent of some of the early Clint Eastwood uh, Italian westerns. Yes, or spaghetti to, westerns. Or spaghetti westerns, yeah. yeah, the spaghetti westerns they used to call them. And, you, you know, he had a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, uh, hang them high, and, and the good, the bad, and the ugly is probably one of the first and, and best known yes. uh, of those spaghetti westerns. Well, Ennio Marconi was the Italian film composer who composed the score for The Good, the Bad, and the so Ugly. So that's where the name comes from. And the name comes from as an homage to Ennio Marconi for the music that everybody knows oh, uh, yeah. from, from uh, I wish The I Good, could the Bad, and the Ugly. I can't, but you know, right. you know you've heard it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doo -doo. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you're close. You're close. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm kind of embarrassed to to say this. So when I was thinking about the name, I was like, it sounds like a play on words. Like it's almost like you're saying any old pills, except it's any old. Pills. Well, which is and and in fact, the proper pronunciation of his name is Enyo. Enyo. Yeah. Enyo. And uh, so that's the proper pronunciation. But here in Texas. We don't uh, we don't necessarily stick to proper. We have our own pronunciations here <laughs> exactly. in Texas. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but Ennio Marconi, and it was unfortunate. Um, after we had named this beer and we'd gotten label approval for it, he died within just a week or so after oh, really? that we had that. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, you know, he'd been around for a while and was very well known, very famous composer. He's, some very interesting facts. You can look him up on Wikipedia and, and find out a lot more about okay. the man. But uh, a fabulous composer. Uh, did a lot of classical work as well, so or classical style composing. So, anyway, in your pills. In your pills. You can find again. You can find that one on draft as well as as cans all over yeah. all over Houston. Definitely give that a try. It's a fantastic beer. Can't recommend it more. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with John from New Magnolia. Have you visited Galveston Island Brewing? Take a trip to the island and experience the laid-back atmosphere and award-winning craft beer like Tiki Wheat, Citra Mellow IPA, and Hefene Hefeweizen. Enjoy the cozy taproom or the island-style beer garden and patio with plenty of shade and a playground for the kids. Be sure to check out the online calendar for live music and food truck schedules and come by on Saturday for the free weekly brewery tour at 1 p.m. So gather your friends and join Galveston Island Brewing for some fun in the sun. Follow the Texas Beer Experience blog and podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Did you miss an episode? All episodes are available on all the major podcast platforms and even some of the not-so-major ones. And now, back to the Texas Beer Experience Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 19 of Texas Beer Experience with John Ferguson from New Magnolia Brewing Company here in Houston, Texas. So we're going to have a couple more beers um, from New Magnolia during this segment. The first one that we'll pop open, which we've actually had here at the Cove before, is called Czech Style Amber Lager. And 
on the bottom, underneath this really cool, kind of like an English lion. I don't know why I call it an English lion. It looks like one of those things that you see on like on a, on like a family seal or something like that. Um, is it is something I've never seen before? It says Pollock Mavi Pivo. Did I say that correctly? I well, I don't know if you said it correctly or not. I do not speak Czech. Um, that makes two of us. So, but uh, we like it, and and I believe it's. Uh, uh, that's actually the Czech name for this style of beer. Pivo is beer Correct. in in Czech. And um, so I think that Palatmave is, um, I probably butchered the pronunciation of it myself, uh, is the, uh, I think that's the, the name of the style in, okay. in uh, Czech. In Czech. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we've had this beer before. It pours a beautiful copper color, really nice bit of head retention on there. What's the ABV on this drink? This one is, uh, I think it's right at a five. Right at a five? Yeah, I think okay. it's uh, right at a five percent. Yeah, we've got 5.0 on that. So John is, is making grimacing faces. Cause <laughs> I keep banging the table. He keeps banging the table and I told him it's fine. It happens, and um, and it's all good when you're drinking really good beer like this beer. This so this beer has some bite to it. It's got a really nice malty backbone. Yes. I think on this. That's and a I, better term than bite. <laughs> malty backbone. And and this is this is honestly one of my favorite beers. You know, people ask me at the brewery, "What is your favorite beer?" And I will tell them, "Well, you're asking me to." tell you who is my favorite child or you know and 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 honestly my favorite is going to change from day to day uh and depending on uh it it may depend on weather it may depend on uh my mood for the day it may depend on what i'm eating uh or what i'm what i'm what i'm doing you know and and this um this amber lager for me is just one of my all-around favorites uh, because it's got a nice malty backbone to it. It just feels like it's got good body to it. It absolutely does. It so. absolutely does. And I love that all these beers um, are very sessionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to worry about high ABV stuff. Now, well, you guys we have, make we some high ABV stuff, right? We have a few. We have yeah, a yeah. few. And, so, and some that we have in our recipe folders that we haven't yet brought out. That, that uh, you know, I keep thinking I'd really want to do that one again, you know, another one again. So that's got a high ABV, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that later. Are you, so. Do you guys do any barrel-aged uh, beers? No, we're not doing any barrel-aging at okay. all at this point. Okay. We're, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're only two years old. That's right. And yeah. So we haven't, we haven't made that step yet. It certainly is one of those things that we would like to do and that we dream about, but we have not yet made a commitment to moving in that direction. Right now, we're just wanting to meet the demand for the products that we've got. And it seems so. like, it seems like you guys are very thoughtful about how you guys plan everything or listening to what your customers are telling you and how the market reacts to your beer. Yeah, and 
Well, we try to be. Uh, we try to be. Yeah. That's all we can do. So. Yeah. yeah, that's what good brewers do that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Excellent beer, John. Um, so, thanks. When, when you guys first started, was there like the beer that you knew you had to make? Like, what would you or what would you consider your flagship beer to be? <clears throat> well, our flagship beer has probably changed from when we first opened. Okay, I would say that when we first opened, uh, our our flagship beers would have been our um, eighty-eight pilsner. Okay, which is the the Czech style pilsner that we have. That's right. All right, the eighty-eight pilsner, and probably our Redwood IPA. Okay, would have been the two big beers. Now, eighty-eight pilsner is delicious. By the way, that when we went to visit the brewery, that was one of two four packs that I brought home with me because I enjoyed it so much. I love a really good Czech style pilsner, and that was outstanding. Well, but that's changed. Well, yeah. it, 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 yeah, and. I would say that uh, as we have developed some other beers along the way, uh, we have found that that our 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 customers really like hoppy beers, but they may not necessarily want to have a full-on in-your-face IPA. Right. So that's kind of been the 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 basis for some of the other beers that we've brought along. We have now been doing a dry hop Kolsch. Okay, we okay. that has become very popular. The Hella pills that we were looking at uh, yeah. earlier and the Inyo pills are both dry hopped pilsners. Nicely hopped without being in your face, in your face. burn out your you know, burn your palate out. It's, exactly. Yeah. So you get a lot of that you get a lot of that that um, hop character and the aromas and the flavors without that um, breathtaking bitterness that can you know. That's the thing that's really that really surprised me because you know there, there always seems to be like two camps in social media, the the hop heads and the crispy boys, but you guys have like put that together. You've made a hoppy. Crispy boy beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. So right now, I would say that uh, our our best sellers are the the Heights Light Lager. Okay, right. is also uh, one of the very best sellers that we have. And this again gets back to that thing that we were talking about earlier, where people want a beer that's crushable. That they can sit and drink for uh, you know several rounds without yes. having a, a deleterious effect on on their body or deleterious their mind. Deleterious effect. <laughs> That's a new word for me. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. And uh, it's a, uh, but it's a, um, <clears throat> you know, it's a nice a nice crushable beer that you can sit and drink and and not feel bad uh, about yeah. it and not feel you know not be terribly. Uh, Wasted, I suppose, might be another way of looking at it. But, uh, but, and it's a great summertime beer. So we've, you know, we've seen our flagship beers kind of change as we have brought some things, brought some other things on. Um, so the the eighty-eight pills is still popular among some some folks. The Redwood is still popular. The the Heights Light Lager is. 
coming up very nicely. It's one of the best uh, sellers. The, the Dry Hot Colch is also. I think WYSIWYG, which we're going to talk about here in a bit, uh, was, um, was also one of those early flagships. But again, it's, it's a little bit hoppy and a little bit more of an IPA. Uh, and so I, I, in some ways, I think we're seeing some, some market shifts in tastes. I think uh, so, in, too. In customer taste. I've seen that shift also. A lot, a lot more people are gravitating towards what you said earlier, more crushable, mm-hmm. easy-drinking beers. Mm-hmm. Now, IPAs still heads and oh, shoulders sure, above sure, sure. everybody else as far as popularity, but it seems to be evening out or balancing out a little bit more nowadays. Right, right, right. Yeah. And we've been doing some, you know, we have uh, been doing some other IPAs. We have one that um, I thought we were going to have it on tap here at the Cove also, but apparently they've burned through it already, uh, something we call Revolution IPA. And the Revolution IPA is actually going to be a, a series of IPAs where we keep the, the malt base the same, but we're going to be hopping differently and come up with a series of Revolution IPAs okay. uh, in a series that... Uh, and what style would those IPAs be? Would it be Sorry, more West Coast style? Could you please repeat it? Uh-oh. Siri is saying things to us today. <laughs> that's, uh, sorry, that's my phone. Oh, no worries about it. No worries. So, uh, uh, is Revolution IPA, is that going to be a West Coast style or more of a hazy <clears throat> East Coast style of beer? Probably. Uh, we're probably going to make it more of a, um, uh, a hazy, a hazy, juicy mm-hmm. sort of thing. At, at, at this point, we've only done the one. Revolution IPA, and so we're you know we're going to be looking at where we want to take that next. Honestly, uh, we're you know we're still trying to develop this idea and decide how we want to carry it forward. So, okay, okay, unclear at this point how we're going to do that, but we're going to have this Revolution series. It will be the same base beer, and uh, and it's going to be more of a hazy. But it's going to be more of a hazy thing. I think we put oats in it to uh, kind of build up some of the body on it also. Yeah, and it's going to be nice in the range of about six and a half ABV. Okay. So, uh, but uh, just hopping it differently to see what effect we get. Okay. What was the so the first revolution? What were the hops on that one? Oh, gee whiz! <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, I don't I don't remember. You know, and I and I say that. In a, in a gentle kind of way because I don't remember things that I can write down, okay, or that I can put in my computer. Like, why do I need to remember it? I've got it written down. All I need to remember is where I put it. So, but, uh, no, I'm, I, uh, I can't remember now the exact hops that we put in that revolution. Well, we'll, we'll do some research off air yeah. and, and figure yeah. out for our next segment, but okay. we're going to move, we're going to move on to to our next beer, and I'm gonna have to chug this last little bit of this delicious um, Czech style amber lager before we move on to WYSIWYG. Mm-hmm. So, WYSIWYG, is this my water? Yeah, I uh, okay. Uh, WYSIWYG, for, for those that are wondering, like, what the heck is that? It is a uh, 
It's an acronym for what you see is what you get. W Y S I W Y G. And this is this is a this is a, a hazy, juicy IPA with Amarillo, Citra, and and mosaic hops. So those are the hops that I like to call the cheat code hops. <laughs> <laughs> I think you. I, I think uh, when I think of these hops, I'm thinking it's hard to mess that one up, and it's oh, gonna. Yeah. I know it's yeah. gonna be good. So this pours. <laughs> this pours relatively clear, not super cloudy. A little bit of cloudiness, but not that like opaque um, color that you get on a lot of hazy IPAs. Or juicy IPAs, and the aroma. Oh my goodness, the aroma is yeah, it's, it's incredible. Just as good as I remember when we had it at the at the tap room. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a very pleasant, hoppy, um, juicy IPA. Very that juicy really comes through uh, we you know we do get uh, we do have some bittering hops that we add on that we add in the boil but most of our hop additions are late in the boil so that we are not getting that really high uh, that high the bitterness bitterness yes yeah uh, in in there that you would get if you Put your hops in at the beginning of your 60-minute boil. And then sometimes, instead of adding it in the boil kettle, we'll actually add the hops into the whirlpool. Uh, that's so right. So that's a, that's a technique that a lot of breweries use nowadays right, right. Um, for juicier or hazy IPAs. It's a, those late edition whirlpool hops. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then, of course, we, we like to uh, dry hop it pretty heavily also. Right. Uh, on this, and so you, that's what really contributes to the the aromas and the flavors that you get from these hops. And what's so. the flavor that stands out for me? And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm getting like lemon, almost kind of like a lemon pie yeah. flavor. Yeah. Um, obviously, no adjuncts. No, no, not in this. No, that's delicious. Thank you. There's some undertones of a little bit of pineapple like there it. too. Um, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. But the WYSIWYG, um, the name, there are actually two, two stories uh, regarding the name WYSIWYG. Uh, one of them, of course, is, is the uh, story of the, the software that was used back in the early, early days of, of word processors on personal computers. Oh, yeah. And uh, in those early, early days, uh, you would type your document and you would see it on the screen, but you wouldn't necessarily see it as it would print out on the page. That's right. Okay. And yeah. you, in fact, you would have control functions that would show up on the screen so that you had a, if you had a carriage return, you'd see this particular function appear on the screen, but it would not appear on the page when you printed it out. Furthermore, it was not formatted on the screen the way it would be formatted on the page when it would be printed out until some neato, uh, some neat guys who were doing coding back in those days came up with this software 
that they could add into that where you would then be able to see on the screen what you would get on the page when it printed out. What you see on the screen is what you get on the page, and they called it WYSIWYG. That's right. Now, WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get, also has another story, and it precedes the, the software story, and it goes back to the comedian Flip Wilson back in the late 60s, early 70s. I don't know if you remember Flip Wilson. So I, I know I've heard the name. I'm not sure if I've ever seen... His, his stand-up back at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. he, he was absolutely a groundbreaker in, in uh, American comedy okay. back in the 60s. A black uh, comedian, first black comedian to have a nationally uh, rated uh, variety show on television. Okay. The guy was absolutely hysterical. And one of his characters, he had a, he had a character where he would dress in, in drag, if you will, as, a, uh, uh, as Geraldine Jones. And Geraldine Jones had a boyfriend named Killer. And she had several taglines. One is, what you see is what you get. The other is, the devil made me do it. <laughs> and I think one of them was, was uh, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. And so there were like three, three comedic uh, taglines that uh, Flip Wilson used with that particular persona that okay. he would do. Absolutely hysterical. As a kid growing up, I thought this was one of the funniest guys I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, so what you see is what you get also <laughs> applies to uh, applies to this. So. There you go. Great story behind that. And so like also on the can, if you've ever seen the can in the market, it might remind you of a movie yeah. from the 90s or the early 2000s actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A trilogy of, right. a, of a dystopic future where robots... <laughs> um, basically enslave the human race and make us batteries, uh, the Matrix. Yeah, Matrix. So the, uh, the can actually looks like the Matrix code. Mm-hmm. Um, and hidden cool. in that, hidden in those letters in the Matrix code, every now and then, if you, if you will sit long enough and look hard enough at the can label, you will see the name John, you will see the name Shane, you will see the name Morpheus. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, what was his... Neo? Neil. Neil, yes. Neil is, is in there somewhere. And yeah. there are some other names. I think the guy who actually did the can design, I think he's got his name in there. And, well, and well, so I'm forth. I'm so. going to take this home and put this under better lighting <laughs> and just stare at it for hours. Yeah. Trying to find y'all's names in here. That's I was, awesome. I actually, That's a good thing to know. I actually found that as I was inspecting the label when we had it really? come back to us from approval because I wanted I wanted to make sure, okay, these appear to be random letters, but I know that sometimes random letters can form a word that maybe you don't want to have on your can. All right, so I basically went through looking for bad words. Exactly. Right. But then I stumbled on uh, Shane's name. All right, my son-in-law, and his name is on there. I said, well, I wonder, are there other names on here? So I continued looking, and sure enough, I found at least half a dozen names, including Neil and Morpheus. I, I would and venture Trinity. to Trinity. Trinity is yeah, also, right. who was Neil's girlfriend. In the, I would venture to say that 
that TABC would not want to be staring at this for a long time looking for for off-color uh, off color words. Oh, I'm sure they would not. So I think you'd be yes. safe. Yeah, I think right. you'd be safe on that one. Right. So in any event, that was, uh, but I love the can design, the label oh, design it. on that. Yeah, yeah, so. I love that. That's perfect. And it fits in with the theme of like the, the old word processor, what yeah, you see is yeah, what yeah. you get. Yeah. 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 So. So we really went more with that theme than the other one about the Flip, Flip Wilson. Was, yeah. Yes, for sure. But that's a great story. I like yeah. and that it reminds well, me of uh, something really nice from your childhood. And well, and you know, honestly, I think we we owe a debt of gratitude to Flip Wilson for what he's done yeah. in the in the uh, world of comedy and entertainment. Uh, he was he was just phenomenal. So and if you sure ha- if you're was... not familiar with him and you haven't seen him, go to go to Wikipedia or go to YouTube. Well, I'm sure there's YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like I said, I've heard the name, and now that you kind of mentioned that, some of yeah. it I do remember hearing about Flip Wilson as an African American comedian. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure he was an inspiration to people like Richard Pryor. Oh, absolutely. Or Eddie Murphy. Absolutely, and, he was. Um, yeah. And other black comics. And and yeah. they and they will give him credit. They yeah. will absolutely give him credit for that. So, a uh, terrific guy. I just, um, anyway, I, I was terribly impressed with him as a kid growing up. But that also dates me. <laughs> <laughs> John, you, I, we've enjoyed having you on the show. We're not ending the show in, by any stretch. We're going to take one more quick break, and we're going to have one more beer from New Magnolia. So, stay tuned. What's the best way to enjoy beer? Well, after years of extensive research, I have discovered that the best way to enjoy beer is with good friends, and there may not be a better group of friends than the Texas Beer Collective Facebook group. If beer and friends sounds like a winning combination, come join the Texas Beer Collective, the official Facebook group of the Texas Beer Experience podcast. You can find us by doing a Facebook search for the group or by following the link in the show notes. Follow the Texas Beer Experience blog and podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Did you miss an episode? All episodes are available on all the major podcast platforms and even some of the not-so-major ones. And now, back to the Texas Beer Experience podcast. She is um, truly, truly excited about being in the beer industry. She doesn't want to work in the tap room. She was she was um, bar manager at Cultivare for several years. So she has her first level Cicerone rating. She is such a hard-working person, but she's also very creative, as I was mentioning to you before. Mm-hmm. One of the things that absolutely excites me, as a guy who is over 70, okay, I'm excited to be working in this business with young people, because they are so creative, so much fun, and they come up with ideas I never would think of. Okay, and yeah, I would like to prove that, and I'm 
you know, as a as a as a technical person, an engineer, a production background. Tell me what you want to make. Let's go do it. You know, but I'm not necessarily going to be the one to come up with those brilliant ideas of. Oh, let's try this, man. That wouldn't that be rad? Or, you know, that again shows my age. You know, when I use that to rad. Wait, wait. You know who says that all the time? <laughs> Bobby Hurl oh, really? says rad all oh. the time. Well, and I'm he's gonna have to 33, change. So, <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Only 33. He's only 33 or 34, something like that. He's he's. He's young. <laughs> yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <coughs> but, but that's what I find so exciting about the business is you know, that I can that I have a chance to work with young people on this. And it's it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have guessed you were over seventy. I wouldn't have guessed that either. Yeah, 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 I'll be 71 on my next birthday. Wow, wow. Well, I've been married 50 years. I, I didn't get true. married. That's at, true. All right, I didn't get married at 12. <laughs> <laughs> Although my Was wife it legal I, back then when you were 12? <laughs> uh, well, you know, in, in, I think in your last episode with uh, Equal Parts, uh-huh. you were talking about drinking age. At one point. We did bring that up a little bit, right. yes. Yeah. I grew up I grew up in a lot of places, but I spent most of my formative teenage years growing up just north of New York City. So in New York State. Okay. Near White Plains. I don't know if you're familiar with Westchester County. I've, I've never been there, but I've heard it. I okay. kind of understand the geography. That's upstate yeah. New York, close to Buffalo. Actually, no. No, no, no. no. We, were, we were just... We were just uh, a half hour from New York City. Oh, okay. Uh, we okay. were. It's like living in Kingwood and saying you live in Houston. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's so about yeah. 20, 25 minutes away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, okay. back in those days, um, my dad would drive me and my younger brother to the to the Green Lawn subway station, which was an elevated train at that point. My brother and I would get on the train ride the subway all the way up to Shea Stadium and watch the Mets play ball at Shea Stadium for 15 cents on the subway. You know, wow. 15 cents out, 15 cents back. And how much were tickets for oh, the game? I think box seats were like eight bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's probably like $200. Oh, I, couldn't to afford do those <laughs> I couldn't afford those then, but you know, but uh, so I spent most of my teenage years growing up in New York. Well, in those days, mm-hmm legal drinking age was 18 and I turned 18 in September of my senior year in high school so I could legally buy beer as a high school student in New York right and I used to drink Rheingold and Schaefer and you know some of those other local regional beers that they had Yingling I'm sure never 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 you know uh, Are no, you going to drink Yingling now that it's here oh, in Texas? I, I drink Yingling from time to time. But, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, I drank mostly those, and hams, trying to, th- red stripe maybe, 
Okay. <coughs> you know, Red Stripe was around back in those days, oh, too? Yeah. Really? <coughs> well, and my dad's favorite beer was the cheapest one he could find. My dad's favorite beer was Old Milwaukee. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, that trash beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I got to where I could drink it. <laughs> the best story, one of the best stories I ever heard, it was part of my, like, my, my craft beer... I don't know what you want to call it. The day that I knew that I wanted to work in beer, uh, Steve Anderson was a, a former brewer uh, for Live Oak and several other breweries mm-hmm. and also Waterloo Brewing. And uh, he was the head brewer at Big Ben Brewing Company in Alpine, Texas. Okay. And so we were on vacation in Alpine and went to Big Ben and I got a chance to talk to Steve and I asked him if there's a beer that you would want to have um, this, that you would say is your favorite, he said Schlitz. That was one of my favorites, too. He Schlitz. said Schlitz, and he said, but the old Schlitz. He said they changed their recipe uh, to be more drinkable because of all these light beers that were coming out, so they changed the recipe to Schlitz beer. But he said, then, he said, now they've actually reverted back to the old recipe, so the Schlitz that you drink now is actually really good. Hmm. Um, I'll have to try it. So I had one and it was it was good. Yeah, it was a nice beer. Um, so that was meeting Steve Anderson was my inspiration uh, for getting into 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 craft beer. And I was already a craft beer drinker, um, but that was that was a special moment for me for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, back in those days, there were a lot of regional brewers, okay, like the Schaefers and the. The Rhine Golds and you know the Genesee. Uh, there was um, you know there were others. I remember Schlitz certainly. I also remember Falstaff. Falstaff, yes. <laughs> so in Galveston, in our tap room, yeah, the water tap is actually a Falstaff tap handle. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was uh, that was neat. What I remember about it though is as a young kid. Growing up watching baseball on TV as a kid, all right, we had Pee Wee Reese and Dizzy Dean who hosted the uh, the Falstaff Game of the Week. <laughs> okay, and it was a it was I mean you didn't have 24 hour TV back in those days, and yeah. and you didn't have baseball on all the time. It came on on the weekends, and that's when you would see. Baseball games. He only had the three big networks, basically. Yeah, and they would the have 50s. a cutoff point in the evening where it would go to snow. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> yeah absolutely. You'd hear the national anthem and, and goodbye. It <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. And, and and just just so you guys know, we're we're just going to continue the conversation here. I'm already recording. <laughs> no no introduction into this segment because the conversation has been so good. Um, the. Uh, that, the memory of that of that uh, of, of the national anthem and then oh, it's yeah. signing off to snow from Poltergeist the movie from the 80s where the little girl's watching TV and she gets kidnapped by ghosts or something but she's watching TV and it plays the national anthem and it goes to snow mm-hmm. so I wonder how recent that was where it changed to where it's 24 hour coverage you know I <clears throat> I'm not sure but I know that it was when I was an adult that before that change occurred, when yeah. my wife and I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 
there were stations there that would go off at midnight. And I remember I'd be watching Johnny Carson or something, and and maybe there was another show that might have come on after that or paid programming, who knows. But at midnight, the, the... the local network would go silent. They'd play the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, and and uh, at midnight, and go to snow. It was time to go to bed. <laughs> so it was, that was it. There was nothing else on in those days. And that was actually, I think, right maybe at the very, very beginning of cable TV. You know, I think you're probably right. So, yeah. yeah. And that would have been early 80s. Yeah, so, I mean, I was a kid back in the early 80s. So my my bedtime was probably nine o'clock. So I, <laughs> I I don't remember the national anthem playing. I do remember Saturday nights, um, but this was actually with cable where we would watch a show. It was on TBS. It was called Night Tracks, and I think it was right along the time when MTV came about, mm. where they were playing music videos. So TBS had a show on Friday and Saturday nights that they would play music videos until about two o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I I, I, re- I clearly remember that, but so we are drinking another beer that we opened during the break. This is called Splits. Tropical Splits. Tropical. That's right. I didn't. Yeah. Tropical Splits, and, and there's several versions of this. That's correct. correct. Yeah, there's several versions of the Split series that we've done. So this is a it's a Berliner Weiss. It's a Berliner Weiss style beer. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is conditioned on. Uh, with passion fruit and pink guava. Yes. And it is super tropical. <clears throat> I feel like I'm on the beach when I drink this. Well, that's the that's the whole point. Right. <laughs> so, I, I will say this. We brewed this particular batch at the specific request of my daughter. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my son-in-law and I had our reservations about doing this but our daughter is uh, is a is a I don't know a sports mom she's got three kids that are all engaged in different sports Soccer, and competitive oh yeah and competitive yeah. swimming and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing and they are members of a of a local club that has a swim team on it and our daughter was uh, was saying that uh, the moms at the pool would drink this stuff all day long. Yeah. So they, she, she convinced us that we needed to make another batch of this tropical splits. So we have done this for her and for her girlfriends at the at the pool. Well, I am super grateful for that because this is an amazing beer. And I'd, I'd like to ask, like, where does the name Splits come from? Sure. Well, when we first came up with this series, we actually did a kettle sour, Berliner Weiss style kettle sour, that we did as a 15 barrel batch. Our brew house is a 15 barrel brew house. And we made a full, full size batch of this, and then we split it into three five barrel fermenters that we have. And in those fermenters, we then added different fruits to each of those three batches of the same base beer. We had we had the same base beer in each of the fermenters, but then we added different fruits during the fermentation and came out with a split. It was it was a split of the 15 barrel batch of the Berliner Weiss base beer that we made. 
Well, okay, it's a split. So these are splits beers. And we decided instead of an S, let's put a Z on the end. And we're going to call it a tropical splits. We're going to call it a cherry splits. We're going to call it whatever the heck the other name was. <laughs> I don't remember the other one. But the tropical splits was the one that was probably our most popular. Okay. And so we kept the tropical splits. The others we have done from time to time. <clears throat> I enjoy, I love a good Berliner Weiss style beer. I like sours. In fact, we were going to talk about Goza's. You were talking about... Right, so off-air, so I went and grabbed a, 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 a pour of, of Real Ale's Goes, uh, which is one of my favorites. And I asked John, have you guys made one yet? And he said they haven't, but... It's, uh, it's, on, it's, it's in the back of our mind. I absolutely yeah. want to do a Goza at some point in time finding the right opportunity to fit it into my production schedule is is the thing yeah, yeah and then we also want to time it correctly i don't want to make a goza for january okay definitely not no definitely so, make it for the summer spring exactly, summer months for exactly, sure exactly yeah so we'll, we're having we're, we're learning that we need to time some of these releases for the seasons that we are that we're facing and plan accordingly because you know beer doesn't you don't you don't make a beer today and sell it tomorrow it takes time it does so. it does take time i will say this i'm one of those weird people that will drink beers off season i'll have an imperial stout today if you put it in front of me and i'll drink it goes right after that too <laughs> well there you go there you i'll go. drink it goes in december and january oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well i yeah. enjoy good goes and we've uh, we were talking off air about several different ones that we each like individually yes and uh so i have not found a style of beer that i don't like but in another way i have not found a food that i don't like either and my shape my shape reflects that my shape kind of reflects that too but there are some things i don't like eggs olives and bananas i think i have that on my facebook page that those are the things i don't like mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, some eggs, olives and bananas, never, and saisons. Interesting. Don't don't bring me a saison. Really? I don't that's, care for them too much. Uh, that's uh, that, that's interesting. I'll uh, remember that. But it is interesting. But we do like saisons at at New Magnolia Brewing, and we will continue to have saisons on tap. We don't do many. In fact, I don't know that I have any. Well, I do have. Um, trying to think if I have a saison that we distribute. I don't think we do have a saison. That I don't we're think I've seen one in the market, John. No, no. But my wife would appreciate a good saison. She's a big fan. Well, we have some. Yeah. We have some, and we try to keep some on tap. So come on down, and when he's not looking, you can get a saison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't judge her. Okay. I tell her enjoy what you like. Just make sure that I don't taste it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is an amazing beer. And is this also available in the market by any chance? It absolutely is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's, um, again, you know, the <clears throat> we have it available for distribution. It depends on what folks are buying. True. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, we have. I think we've got this in several stores, but I, again, I'm, I can't tell you which ones they are specifically. Okay. Uh, that we where we have that. I think we. We only canned up about 50 or 60 cases 
of that. So very limited. Yeah, very limited. I mean, when you think about the size of Houston, yeah, fifty this, and sixty cases. I mean, that's that's not a lot. Right, right. Yeah. And we have this available in our tap room, okay. in four pack, sixteen ounce cans. So it's available there. There you go. That's probably the, the, the easiest way to get it. Probably. It's in the yeah, yeah. So, John, I want to segue real quickly into a, a, a regular segment that we've been doing. We've, we've asked our guests a couple of questions. Sure. Um, so the first question is, since we're Texas Bay Experience, we're not just about Houston or Austin or San Antonio or Dallas. We're about all of Texas, and we like to travel. We like to get in our truck and go somewhere. If you were to go on a road trip tomorrow morning, what is the essential thing that you would need for that road trip? Um, probably a stop at a really, really good barbecue place. Barbecue place? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're the first one to mention barbecue. Um, I love that. My wife and I have actually taken day trips where we have gone out to Austin Yes. Just to have lunch and come back. I love okay. that. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. right now, I would say that my favorite barbecue place is in Taylor, Texas, kind of north and east of Austin. Uh, Muller's. Oh, oh, man. Barbecue. Yes. <laughs> okay. Muller's. Oh, man. So I remember the first time I walked in there. I think they <laughs> With call the it the screen doors. The, well, the, the screen doors, and I think they call it the Cathedral of Smoke. Because they have these like really high, oh, yeah. like like ceilings, exactly, and it's like you can you know, and they've been they smoked all their stuff in there, yeah, and so it's like black all the way to the top. Beautiful, isn't oh, yeah. it? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. I love it. And and Wayne, the 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 pitmaster there makes amazing barbecue. The, yeah. Some of the best beans I've had, the beef rib is phenomenal. Um, so yeah. Huge so, fan. So that and whatever crushable beer they've got available. Yes. Because right? I'm going to drink beer with my barbecue. Most definitely. Yes. And they, they, usually, they usually have a very good selection of, yeah. of not just macro beers, but also some, some good craft beer there yeah. as well. Yeah. And Wayne, I got to meet Wayne a couple years ago at an event we did at Spindle Tap called Sausage Wars. <laughs> and so we had several prominent um, Texas pitmasters bring their custom-made sausages to this event and Wayne had one of the best ones there he didn't win uh, Tejas barbecue and Tomball won mm. with their uh, their their head their, not the head the um, um, oh my god the, oh their chili relleno sausage oh Oh, that sounds amazing. John, if you've never had that... I never have. Chili relleno sausage. Chili relleno sausage may be the best uh, barbecue right bite you, you'll ever have in your All right. life. All right. And I'm saying, I mean, I've had I've had Franklin's brisket. Yeah. I've had Snow's pork steak, which is also amazing. Uh, but that, that relleno sausage is, is, is amazing. Well, I think we yeah. ought to uh, also uh, give a quick shout-out to Truth. Barbecue yes. because Truth. they have got a. They, we stopped one time on a trip to Austin. We were going through Brenham, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they've got that that little barbecue stand on the side of the road. It doesn't look like much at all, but my goodness, they have some great barbecue there. They really do, and so they started in Brenham, but now have a location here in Houston. Exactly, and yeah. that barbecue there is also just that's, fantastic. That's what I hear. I haven't been to the one here in Houston yet, but I've heard that, it's and just that's on as my good. that's on my list. 
I mean, um, yeah, he's so I've, from what I've heard, he's very careful about how he does things. He's very meticulous. Um, and that, I'm, I don't remember the name of the pitmaster there, uh, but he's very secretive also. He doesn't like people to know what he does. Mm. But the barbecue is the same. It's fantastic at both locations. I don't even know if they still operate in Brenham. You know, I don't know. It's been probably about two years since I went to that place. And they were only open on the weekends in Brenham. There's another really good spot in Brenham called LJ's, and I feel like we're kind of going off on a tangent yeah. here. Yeah. This is a show <laughs> you asked about what I wanted to do. we're talking about barbecue, because I love barbecue. Yeah. I love barbecue oh, not as much as I love beer, but... But yeah, I mean, I could yeah, talk about yeah. barbecue a little for So what's for your other time. question? Uh, okay, my other question is, if today, if you knew today was your last day on earth, what's the beer that you would have to have? Well, um, does it have to be somebody else's or can it be one of my own? It can be one of yours, no pressure. I have, uh, I, I'm going to say that it's going to be one of two different beers that I have made in the past. I don't have, I think I have one of them on my tap wall now. It's our, our Belgian triple. Ooh, okay. okay. I have a delightful triple that is only on the, only available on the tap wall. It would be that one, or I have another one that was actually a, an American style farmhouse ale that was supposed to be an eight and a half percent ABV but I let it sit a little bit longer in the fermenters before I crashed it, and it got up to a nine, Ooh, and it was, it was phenomenal. And so one of those two beers, I think, would have to be yeah. the last one. If I had to say this is my last beer, it would be one of those two. I love that. So. And so that's all the more reason for us to go visit your brewery <laughs> to try those two beers. Um, yeah, and more reason for, for our listeners to go visit New Magnolia. So the last thing that we do on the show, John, is just allow you an opportunity to, to, to pitch New Magnolia. Tell us about where you're at, any events that are coming up that, that we, we need to know about, any new beers that we need to, that we need to look forward well, to. We, yeah, thank you. We are located in the Heights, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, uh, just around the corner from Eureka. Uh, heights, not in fact walking distance. We, uh, Casey and I, are good friends, and and we see those guys regularly at our place, and we go over to their place regularly, and and we have uh, common clients or common customers that will start out their day at, at one place and walk to the other, and right. uh, so yeah. it's a it's a neat camaraderie that we have with uh, with those guys. Um, we are uh, uh, open seven days a week, uh, Monday through Thursday. I believe we open at three until about seven or eight in the evening. Okay. Uh, that's when the tap room is open. And then on uh, Friday, we open a little bit earlier and stay open a little later. And then Saturday and Sunday, we're open at, uh, I think, 11 o'clock. Uh, I think it's 12 o'clock noon on both days. And we're open till about nine on Saturdays and about six or so on seven uh, on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Any any events or anything coming up in the near future, whether at the brewery or maybe offsite? We're uh, we don't have any special events that we've got planned right now. I will say that one of the things we did just recently, and I would invite people to come and take a look. 
Uh, we have an art exhibit wall at our brewery, and I don't know if you remember, Leo, when you were there, if you if you paid any attention to the art I exhibit wall. I did not, wall. but I will next time I go. But we have an art exhibit wall. We just brought in a new exhibit. Our, our art exhibits are actually curated by Jack Massing, who is one of the art guys in Houston. He's a very well-known artist. He's uh, and we try to stay connected with the arts community in Houston uh, through Jack and through others. We have an, an artist, uh, William Rune, uh, who is the, um, the artist that is now exhibiting in our, uh, on our exhibit wall. We've got, oh, probably close to three dozen paintings of his that are on the wall and available for sale. Uh, would highly encourage uh, people to come in and take a look. He's a Jamaican artist and has, it, it's really very interesting. In fact, I was talking with one of our, uh, our bartenders uh, this afternoon and saying, what do you think about this art? What, is, what does this mean to you? What is, what is this saying to you? And I think it would be worthwhile for folks to come in and just see the art exhibits that we have. We're rotating artists through about every three or four months and uh, ha love to have the opportunity to exhibit. That's really um, cool that you guys are supporting local art. Yeah. Uh, and we'll definitely, I will definitely pay attention to that the next time I'm there. And I, I apologize because when I go to breweries, I'm I'm just worried about the beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I need to take into in, in, into uh, the entire experience next time. One I'm of the things sure. that that this particular exhibit does it contributes a lot of color. I mean, this particular artist uses a lot of bright colors in his paintings, and so I'm excited to have his art being exhibited uh, in our in our space. So I would uh, encourage people to come in, take a look at it, spend a little time uh, reviewing the art, and enjoy the beer. Yes, so. definitely. John, thanks again for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed these amazing beers that you brought to share with us today. Uh, guys, please check out New Magnolia in the Heights in Houston. Their hours are easy. You can go, I mean, any day. Yep. yep. Seven on, days yep. a week. Go out, check out the art exhibits, and drink some good beer. Don't forget to come check out the Cove here in Kingwood. $4 tour of Tuesdays. You don't have to come on Tuesday. They have great beer here all the time. You can also come on Tuesdays for uh, for steaks with G's Steaks, G's Steakhouse. So Greg makes some amazing steaks, salmon, and pork. And I think, John, you had the salmon today, right? I did. Oh, and it was exceptionally good. <laughs> there you go. So John had the salmon. So, they, yeah, come, come, come eat some steak, salmon, pork, whatever they have. And make sure you... Um, I'm sorry, I was like... <laughs> I think I've had too much beer. Or I've kind of like lost my, my, my train of thought here. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you all next week. And have a great weekend. Cheers.